Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 3 John. You're probably already familiar with one of the lines from our reading today, which is again, a whole book of the Bible, 3 John, one of these postcard epistles. And you're probably familiar with verse 4, which says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Now, often this verse gets used uh, even by parents talking about their children, uh, which I think is is fair. As a parent myself, I don't think there's a greater joy in my life than uh, the thought of my children walking in the truth. There's nothing on this worldly level I would say I want more than that, to see my children walking in the truth. And all the parents listening to this podcast probably say yes and amen to that. But as you look at the context here, it seems that John is not speaking of a biological child. He is speaking of a spiritual child. Uh, This book begins by him saying the elder, so that's John referring to himself, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. And it seems that the, the child who he's rejoicing is walking in the truth is this Gaius. He's praying for him, even for his health. Um, And then he says in verse three, I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So when John says this, he's speaking of Gaius, he's speaking of someone that is uh, someone who he would consider a spiritual descendant, a spiritual child. Now, I'm not trying to say that I think it's inappropriate for parents to use this verse talking about um, their physical children. If anything, that just highlights the truth of this and even elevates the way we think of people uh, that we would consider our spiritual children, people that we have led to the Lord or people that we have discipled. Uh, We should have that same kind of desire for them that a parent would have for their child. Maybe that's just something to think about as you start the reading today. Do you care about anybody and their spiritual growth like this? But for most of our time today, what I want us to consider is really the instruction that John gives to Gaius and view ourselves as recipients of that. So I want us thinking not as much today about the people we would consider our spiritual children, that we would have joy in their walking in the truth. I actually want us to think more about how can we be those people giving joy to whoever our spiritual parents are? How can we be those spiritual children who are walking in the truth? And that's going to bring us really to then John's instruction to Gaius. And in the ESV, it breaks it down uh, until you get to the the ending, the, the, the closing of the letter into three paragraphs. And each one of them, I think, says something distinct that you and I should listen to today. And there's going to be an application for each of us from each of these three paragraphs. And the first paragraph, I'd sum it up this way. One takeaway from that for you is you should support good ministry. 
it seems that Gaius was doing something to help people that were strangers to him, but people that were doing ministry. And Paul or John speaks of sending them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name. So these were traveling people doing ministry that Gaius was supporting and sending them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. And he closes by saying, therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So if we apply our principles of then, always, now, then, uh, clearly there's a specific uh, instance of Gaius helping these traveling preachers. Maybe some of them were apostles. We don't know exactly who they were, that he was helping, but we get some sense of the details from what is said here. But that's where if we step back and say always, I would say always it is good for Christians to support ministry, to support people who are going out, as it says, for the sake of the name. Not everyone necessarily can do that to that same level. And so it's good for people to support them, whether that could be even just your own local church to free up people in that church to full time devote themselves to the ministry of the church, whether that's various Christian ministries or missionaries, right? We think of those things throughout church history. And so then I would say now it is good. We ought to support people like these people that are doing something for the sake of the name. So I hope that's something that you are doing, that you are using the resources God has given you to help and support people who are in one way or another devoting themselves full-time for the sake of the name. Whether that is your local church or foreign missionaries, it is good to support people like these, and I hope you are doing that. And if you're not, I hope this encourages you to start doing that. And if you are, I hope this really gives you encouragement to keep doing that and even helps you see, oh, there's biblical rationale for why I should do that. In the second paragraph, I'd sum it up this way, don't be a Diotrephes. Uh, And even this is what I probably lingered the most on in my reading and just in my meditation on this passage, I was like, wow, this Diotrephes guy, John does not have anything good to say about him. I do not want to be like this Diotrephes character in any way. And that should resonate with you too. So what is it about Diotrephes? Well, we see a few things. One, he likes to put himself first. The next thing is he does not acknowledge our authority. And then uh, a thing we see towards the later of end of the paragraph, it seems that really it's, it's his way or the highway because he refuses to welcome the brothers and he stops those who wants to and puts them out of the church. So as he's showing his way in leadership, it's his way or the highway. And that is not what God wants a leader. And that's not what God wants any Christian to be. So think through those things. He likes to put himself first. Examine your own heart in that. Do you find yourself putting yourself first? It could be you're always looking for a position of leadership or a position that is in front of other people. It could be as simple as, hey, Take note of your conversations. Do you find yourself talking way more than anybody else? And the content of what you're saying, does it 
come back to you and what you were doing frequently, even just in something as simple as daily conversation? Are you putting yourself first or are you seeking to learn more about others? We should run away as fast as we can from any way that we see ourselves putting ourselves first. Another thing about Diotrephes is he doesn't acknowledge authority. Now, you need to realize God has given you some sense of authority. Uh, We see authority in the home. We see authority in the workplace. We see authority in society. And we see authority in the church. And so in all of these areas of your life, you are interacting with some kind of authority. Do you find yourself constantly going against and and striving against the authority in your life and even finding ways to discredit authority in your life? We need to be very careful of that. Of course, many of the authorities in our lives will not be perfect. In fact, some may do wrong and unjust things, and it is not, as we've seen even in Scripture, sometimes Christians will point those things out. But our default that we see throughout the Bible is we seek to follow God-ordained authority. And you need to strive to make that the pattern of your life. And and think, especially those of you that are parents or grandparents, just even think of what you're passing on to your kids. Do your kids always see you complaining about your boss or yelling at the referees at their sporting events? Are you just showing them that my life is raging against authority? Well, then don't be surprised when your kids are raging against your authority. We need to watch ourselves in that. That's a diatrophies thing. And then we see, obviously, it influences talk. He's talking wicked nonsense. That seems to be an extension of his failure to acknowledge the authority of the apostles here. Um, but then we see he, it's really it's his way or the highway. Now, there may be times, especially if you're in some position of leadership, where you have to make a decision, right? Where, hey, it comes back to you and, and you've got to make a decision. But the heart of a good leader should not just be, I'm just making preferences that, again, I'm making decisions that are preferences that really this is connected to him. It's putting himself first. You're, you're not making decisions that, hey, I think this is what is best for the good of everyone and, and for the good of the mission of whatever it is that I'm leading. No, I'm making decisions that are best for me. And that's my concern. And if people don't like it, they can leave. That's not the, the spirit that any of us should seek to have. So don't be a diatrophies. Kind of an opposite of that in verse 11 in that paragraph is we should seek to follow good examples. Verse 11, beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. And so I think this is a bridge here. We're not to imitate evil. We shouldn't be like diatrophies, but we should imitate good. And then he gives an example. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone. And then even John gives some credit here to Demetrius. So you should seek actively to find and to follow good examples. And that's where I think we we have a plethora of ways to pursue this. I think some of these examples need to be flesh and blood examples, people that you know, and this is where you should be looking for this in your own local church. Some of them may be your age. Some of them may be older. Who knows? You might find examples to follow that are younger than you. 
I think also as Christians, we have biblical examples. Think of Hebrews 11. And we live in a day now where even just through the resources that we have, books and, and so on, we have so much access to things like Christian biography to look at examples of, of people that have received a good testimony from everyone that even their testimony has now outlived them because it's so clear how faithful they were. We should be seeking those examples and seeking to follow those examples. There is no greater joy than to hear that your children are walking in the truth. And that probably gets all of us praying for our physical children or grandchildren or praying for those that we have led to the Lord or ministered to. We will find no greater joy than seeing them walk in the truth. But I want you today to think about, are you walking in the truth? Are you giving joy to those that have ministered to you? And you can do that by supporting good ministry, by not being a diatrophies and putting yourself first, but by following good examples. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.